listening to Female VC Lab, a podcast that showcases the journeys of female investors. My name is Barbara Bickham, and I am an award-winning CTO and VC that teaches companies and investors about emerging technology. I am sitting down with female VCs and investors to talk about their funds, how they invest, and how they make an impact. Welcome to the Female VC Lab podcast. I'm here with Dr. Oksana. In one line, give me your name, your title, and the name of your fund. I'm Oksana Malasheva. I'm a managing partner at Sputnik ATX. We are an Austin-based early-stage VC. How did you get into venture capital? What inspired you to become a VC? That is such a fun question. And I think for me, there is, it's a combination of conviction and serendipity. So conviction comes from the fact that being born in Kiev, Ukraine, and being born under this former Soviet Union, changing the countries. I am a firm believer in capitalism. Mm-hmm. Also a firm believer that putting the capitalism to work the right way is yes. needs to very be important. Done, very important. So that's that is the conviction bit. The serendipity is in a number of ways the experiences that came before me being a VC ended up assembling themselves for me becoming a VC. I could not have thought that when I was a PhD in physics, being in my lab at the University of Pennsylvania, that I would be here. But business and creation of businesses had called me and that forced me to switch gears to be at McKinsey. And then I pursued my passion and really spectacular leader been recruited to Motorola Marketing. And then I became an investor. And I think for me, the combination of those four steps got me the position. So they're serendipitous. If you were to ask yeah. me at any one of those points, do you, sell, do you see yourself being a managing partner as a VC fund? The answer was probably not. But if I were to think and dream, that would have probably came to me. But mm-hmm. the conviction, belief in capitalism, and the combination of these backgrounds, came, when it came together, it becoming a VC was an obvious next step. It makes sense, right? We all, part of this podcast is showing, right? Like we all had very non-traditional entry points, venture capital, and it is that conviction and then your expertise coming together. And how do you meld that? And then it does make investing and then becoming like a venture capitalist makes sense. Yeah, no, so true. And I think if I were to have a time machine and go back and talk to my younger self by my personality, I always loved plans and I love to have, okay, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. And in reality, life has a sense of humor. And that's true. It really does. And I think, and it presents you with the opportunities. You may not exactly know why it is, but for me, what worked is following my passion, following my interest and trying to work with fantastic people. Those three things led me to where we are. But right now, in reality, looking back, life gave me exactly what I need. I use every single part of my brain, every single part of my preparation in my day job right now. That's right. It is like a preparation field. 
Because had you not done some of the things you had done, you may not have learned the certain things you need to learn to evolve to this point as well. Exactly right. Just so cool. What is your investment thesis and what's the motivation behind your thesis? So we're early stage VC, jokingly first, generally first money after friends, family, and fools. <laughs> and our thesis predicates on three things. Number one, the firm believe that centers of VC and startup excellence can and will emerge outside of just the coast, the Silicon Valley. And yeah, we called uh, true. it way before COVID, we called it about six years ago when we opened the outpost that Sputnik was conceived and yesterday was our fifth anniversary of our fund. So like well, the number one is, thank you. There is a VC world, there is a startup world outside of Silicon Valley. 100% true. That's number one. Number two, um, startups and what you have to do as a venture-backed startup that wants to be a unicorn, the actions are extremely non-intuitive. That's and true. <laughs> that, yeah. So, and I think part of our secret sauce and investment thesis is we believe that if you explain to the people the rules of the game, outcomes are going to be better. That's true. Um, and number three, while firmly convinced the best startup has a hustler and a hacker as a team, because we are coming from the hacker, we are like lovingly, we love nerds, we love people who are deep experts in their field. I think we are better positioned to either train them to be a hustler or couple up with a hustler. So I think training nerds how to sell, scale, and manage also could lead to good outcomes. Very important. So, Like you said, partnering them up with the the hustler, the business person, the business, the sales person, the money person, person, connecting them together. And they don't exist without each other. They don't exist. That's true. Yeah. That's true. Yeah, one can't exist without the other. So now you take those three things. Our center of gravity is in Austin, which is global. We have companies that do business in Nigeria, flew to us from Australia, from Peru. One of our best performers is in Bangladesh. But the vast majority, Austin is a fantastic, it's emerging as a national center for startup excellence. And we were, we called it about six years ago. Yeah, Austin's great. I was there Earlier this year at South by Southwest, that was my first time in Austin. So it was going to see that ecosystem and what was happening there. And the mix, South by Southwest is interesting because it's a content piece, but then they also have a massive kind of startup piece. So it was good to see all the different pieces of that. Massive startup piece, fantastic networking, lots of cool parties. It's not Austin. It's Austin. It's a snapshot of Austin, but love. Barbecue as well. Excellent barbecue. Excellent. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Hey. So barbecue so excellent. (laughs) We have to geek out on what's your favorite barbecue. And talk to an Austinite. We have firm like barbecue map. Where do you go for what sort of barbecue? Oh my gosh. That's so amazing. Yeah. Texas. Texas absolutely has excellent barbecue. All right. So what are you currently learning or listening to or reading these days? Always lots of things. So for me, if I'm listening, I am a promiscuous podcast listener. I love podcasts. I love learning from other people. And on a short rotation, Tim Ferriss. I love... He's got a good four-hour work week. That's a good podcast. Yeah, four-hour work week. I think my favorite actually four-hour body. Like if you look at the books that... Yeah, four-hour body is the other one he did. Yeah. Four-hour body is fantastic. As well as the tools of Titans. 
which that's was, a good one too. I think 10% Happier is a fantastic podcast. Andreessen Horowitz does a lot of great content, particularly as it relates to the blockchain and its evolution. Your podcast is recently here. I have not well, thank you. Yes. episodes, but I think love I'm it. On 60 episodes. Yeah. So thank you. Yeah. I appreciate you coming on. Yeah. And then I think, and there are a lot of other things. Some of them are non-traditional. For instance, Esther Perel, How's Work, and the one with couples is on rotation because, and I use it a lot because relationship between humans in a marriage or romantic partnership have been well studied. People have invested for a while. We all understand that relationship between the founders is just very important, just as difficult and had not been studied well. So we've listened to a lot of let me call it romantic relationship advice, partnership advice, like Gottman Institute. To me, listening is a lot of fun. That's a good. Uh, that's how, a good point, right? Like you don't. It it, it you know what? It's like how do you handle relationships? How do you rela- handle conversations? How do you handle like that's a good point to listen to those types of things because yeah. it applies to businesses. And on my reading list, always a bunch of things. I like, I was so blessed, Barbara, when Kindle was invent, in, invented. Oh my God, the Kindle is the best thing ever. The best you thing and ever. me as well, because I used to carry around a lot of books. Yeah, exactly. Remember that suitcase that was so Yes, the extra suitcase that you had to take with all the hundred books in it. <laughs> yeah, because what I will be in the mood to read, I read something all the time me and well. I don't know what I'm I like will that. be in the mood to. It was the earliest adopter of the Kindle. I said, everyone said, why'd you buy that? I said, now I can put all my hundred books on one thing. (laughs) Exactly. So this week on my reading list was the culture code because Mm -hmm. part of our curriculum, we teach our startups how to start up. And I think culture is a really big part of it. So culture is huge. uh, very uh, important was there and the companion book that came out the culture code workbook so reading and listening to that which is expected i'm gonna maybe shock you with something slightly less expected one of the female founders we were talking about books and she said pick it up because uh, you will love it and the book is by the lady called kaisa urbanic she had spent 15 years training as a taoist monk oh interesting uh, and to pay for that she used to work as a dominatrix in New York. And so she wrote a book that for That seems women. like kind of counterintuitive. It's so I think the Taoist the, monk, that's the dominatrix. Right. Maybe not, though. And it, so the book is actually about neither of those things, even though it builds on both of those. And the book is about how to unleash female power and how, yeah. as women, we mm. are conditioned, like the good, she's basically, she's on a crusade to combat the good girl sy- syndrome. Oh. Be the best, outwork, hide what you want, outwork, smile. And then she's a just be like, and I think she is, how do you tap into your power? How do you manifest it clearly? And how you present it to the world unapologetically? And it's really that, interesting. That sounds like a good book. Yeah. So it is definitely a fun book. It's an interesting conversation starter for sure. I well, didn't enough. expect to like it as much as I do. I have to confess. Sounds interesting. It sounds interesting. But that's that there's always something like that. My kiddo is reading Master and Margarita by Bulgakov, which is one of my favorite all-time books. And I've um, downloaded it yet again. And that is also there. So there is always some, a little bit of fiction, a little bit of poetry, a little bit of and whatever else that I might be curious about. Wonderful. In two years when we're talking, this is the bonus question, how do you see venture capital or investing having changed or evolved? That is a great question and a crystal ball would be nice. Let me tell you how I wish it would. I think what I'm seeing, the headlines are very much 
critical to this field um, of non-inclusive, the bro culture, the flip and go, not founder friendly. But in reality, I do think that at least in Austin, at least in my circle, and that circle I have to say is self-selected because I have no time in my life on my calendar for people who are jerks. I'm seeing the tide changing. I'm seeing a lot. In what way? I'm seeing like, for instance, we have this gathering called Women in BC that started mm-hmm. about three years ago. And there were maybe, we could all fit in a, like, I'm going to go to a fancy hotel and there's a coffee yes. table. They're not yes. really big. And we could all fit there around that coffee table. <laughs> Into the one and we actually, someone had to sponsor it and rent a big outdoor patio, book it completely at a pretty prominent restaurant. It was wow. as female investors and founders. That's great. So that's that. We have had a gathering that we hosted yesterday in honor of Thursday was venture capitalist investors. And mm-hmm. you look around the room and you see a lot of, I wouldn't say 50-50, but I think we've had 35 to 40% women uh, around and was very different from any gathering. And I think that wasn't the case. And no. I'm beginning to see, I think obviously maybe this is a, sometimes you have to contribute to the future you want to build. And to us, True. being unapologetic capitalism, but also being unapologetic about reinventing it, we are looking for absolutely the best companies, but we are looking for, we're looking for them where other people not. Yes. And as a result, more than 50% of our fund are female or minority led. That's great. And I'm not doing this. I'm, I am charitable outside of my work chair in it's my not, work chair. It's, it's not a charity right like unapologetically capitalist looking ben, venture capital is yeah. that capital venture capital, capital right yeah. so it's not charity i don't know why people think yeah. because yeah. you can find things outside of the norm that's a charitable thing right you're still doing it for a yeah. return you you're still have other things for current yeah. yeah and i think so to me it's because when these companies mature and when people see to like the best Two of the best performing companies, one in Bangladesh and another operates out in Nigeria with three black founders. When they're going to exit, people are going to see that. And so yes. to me, this one, so going back to your original question, I don't know that I want to confine myself to two years. But if you give well, me two to okay, five, what about five years? Uh, two to five years, years. Somewhere in that time frame, the new generation of venture capitalists that have been committed to excellence, committed to diversity of thought and diversity of ideas. They've had time to have the investment portfolios materialize. <laughs> Beyond reasonable doubt that our way is the way. It absolutely is the way. We have all the statistics, literally all the statistics for the last three or four years have pointed to that fact. You can ignore the data if you like, but the data is the data. Yeah. How do people contact you? Linkatx.com is our website. I am on LinkedIn, on Twitter, on Instagram. And my email is super secret email, Oksana at Sputnik ATX. I do read a lot of my emails. I don't always reply to all of them at once. But I think particularly if you are a female founder that is trying to build something, whether we invest in you or not, I would love to hear from you. And starting in November, every Friday, both me and my business partner, we are holding mm-hmm. office hours open to anyone. That's our gift to the startup universe 
we're going to meet with everyone. You could just come and book it on Calendly. It magically shows up on my calendar. And I come mm-hmm. and just like that on Zoom. And you could talk to me about your idea. And I may invest in you. I may connect. And that's how we roll. That's wonderful. Thank you for letting us know that. So that will be the beginning of November. Yep. All right. Thank you so much, Dr. Oksana Malisheva from Sputnik ATX for being our guest on the Female DC Lab podcast. Barbara, it's my honor. Thank you for having me. Thank you. This episode is brought to you by Trail Adventures. Find and invest in the next billion-dollar emerging tech company. Sign up for our exclusive content at https colon slash slash trailin, T-R-A-I-L-Y-N dot com to find out more. Find us on Apple, on Spotify, and on Google Podcasts. Thank you for listening.